Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Electric Saturday gives way to a big Monday in the Big 12. Also, the college football playoff committee has not agreed to a television contract, according to some reporting. We'll discuss that on today's Big 12 Watch. Happy President's Day, everybody. I am Josh Neighbors, the host of Big 12 Watch here on Crystal Ball College Football. We are part of the 365 Sports Network. You all can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you guys give us five stars in those places. You all can find us on Twitter slash X at Josh Neighbors underscore uh, and at NWPod365 is where you guys can find the show as well. Also, uh, you guys can find us wherever you get your podcasts mentioned. YouTube, like the video. Subscribe to the channel too, please, and thank you. Uh, and then like the videos, leave your comments. So really awesome Saturday in the Big 12 when it comes to college basketball a massive game coming up tonight in the Big 12 in the form of Big Monday. We actually have two Big 12 games tonight. Uh, K-State Texas was slated to be the marquee, but they've bumped Iowa State Houston because that is the game between the two best Big 12 schools that we have. And I, I kind of want to discuss that in terms of like what this Saturday was. It was an exciting Saturday. Um, to me, the two biggest results, period, were actually – uh, Cincinnati beating UCF because it was a huge win for them on the road and TCU beating K-State on the road more because of what it did to K-State's tournament resume and their hopes and and games like that. So those are kind of the two big ones. But just overall, I think uh, the kind of big three games from like a top of the league standpoint were Houston beating Texas, KU getting a 10-point win on the road against Oklahoma and Iowa State beating Texas Tech. So I want to discuss Kansas first because I have given Kansas a whole lot of flack this year. I think rightfully so. They've earned a lot of the flack that they've gotten because of their lack of depth, right? And, and I, I know uh, Artario Morris, losing him earlier on in the offseason, obviously was a big killer for Kansas. And, uh, you know, that, that situation has really hurt them and left them without some depth. El Marco Jackson, Nicholas Timberlake, our guys have to step up. And when Kevin McCuller dinged, and also, uh, you know, we've, we've seen uh, uh, Dwan Harris has been dinged. It's been a challenge for them. And they rallied in the second half. And I thought it was a really impressive game. It was just the game where they had to ride Hunter Dickinson uh, because between Harris and McCuller, those two guys combined to go eight for uh, 26 from the floor. So uh, a really rough game for them. 21 points, 8 of 26 shooting from those guys. Kansas gets two points from their bench. They get 10 minutes from uh, Timberlake, four from El Marco Jackson, four from McDowell, and four from Parker Brown. So they rode the starters again, and they're now in the bye week. But a 20-16 and 16 effort with four assists for Hunter Dickinson. They ran the offense through him. They ran it through him to great effect in the second half of this game. And he facilitated, he had guys cut into the rim, he had guys open for three, uh, and they made enough of the shots to make a difference. They go on the road. And the last time that Oklahoma was playing them, 
you know, this is the last time Oklahoma is going to get them at home. And so I actually, during this game, I was covering an uh, Arkansas game, but I, this was on the second TV and I was able to look over and every single time was Dickinson making a big basket. Sometimes off pick and roll, sometimes to feed in the post Dickinson making a big pass. Saw Dewan Harris step into an open three and you could just see like they eventually in the second half just kind of overwhelmed Oklahoma, right? They end up outscoring Oklahoma 38, 23. And obviously for them, the defense showed up in a big, big way. Um, they held Oklahoma to eight for 23 from the uh, the three. And also more importantly, only 16 made baskets total for OU on the day. Uh, and so any day, you know, you're making only 16 baskets. That's huge. And also a plus 11 rebound margin was huge. So KU controlled the glass and they played good defense in a way that they haven't always this year. I think the defensive numbers end up being pretty good, but like, I'm not saying, I don't think it's been a great defensive effort all season from the Oklahoma or from the Kansas Jayhawks in a way that we're used to seeing. Um, and I think some guys have gotten tired throughout the year, but KU's 20 and six, they're eight and five in the conference. They're not out of the big 12 championship race just yet. I thought, I mean, I, I think they are like uh, at this point in time, you know, now that you're the one and a half games back, right? So uh, whoever wins tonight, will get to 10 and three and we'll put KU two games in the rear view. Now, KU's got a win over Houston. They do have a loss against Iowa State. So obviously that matters, but putting KU two games behind you obviously is is would be would be significant. Um, so a really strong win for Kansas heading into a bye week and kind of a chance to regroup for them as they look forward. So a good step in the right direction for them. Uh Houston 81, Texas 6, or excuse me, 82, Texas 61. This game was on CBS, big national stage, and I think Houston showed exactly what makes them such just a, I mean, it's going to be such a tough team to beat. You really are going to have to be on uh, at a neutral floor, especially. You're going to have to be on such a high level when it comes to your level of toughness. And when I mean your level of toughness, that's going to, that's going to um, manifest itself in the quality of shot you get and not panicking with the basketball in your hands and not allowing turnovers to happen because uh, the way Houston plays, and I mentioned this the other day, it is a full-on compliment to what Kelvin Sampson has done. The physicality that all five guys on the court have simultaneously is something to behold. And this is now a year-in and year-out thing. And I, I mean... You could argue maybe it's not the most talented team. I don't know if that's the case, but this team has got two killer guards in Jamal Shedd and LJ Cryer. And they've got a, a group of guys at the forward spots, Francis, Roberts, uh, guard, you know, also sharp at the guard position too, but Tugler and then Walker. I mean, all these guys come off the bench and Wilson and Dunn. They've got a well-rounded team. Um, that all the guys out there, man, I mean, it's, it's a war. It's, it's, it's all hands on deck literally because they hand check the shit out of you. I mean, they're, they're, they're just going to ride your ass. They're going to hand check you. They're going to body check you and they're going to make the referees call fouls. They're going to make the referees make it a three hour game. They're going to say, call every foul. We dare you to do it. It's a smart way to play defense in the big 12 season. It might cost them in the NCAA tournament. They do. They do well when the play is going up and down. They they want to get up and down. And I I don't I think because of Cryer and Shed, their athleticism, they can actually create shots on their own. And so that's fine if the game's in a kind of a weird pace. Um, 
but they want the game to get up and down. So I guess you have concern in the tournament, like on a neutral floor. I'm not sure who beats them. Maybe Purdue. Uh, UConn could beat them. Sure. Yes. But outside of that, like, I really don't know who's beating this team neutral floor. The referees are kind of the one thing I would, I would submit maybe as a way to beat them. Cause it, it depends, right? The, the big East and the big 12 notoriously have referees who I think do a great job because most of the time they swallow their whistles and you let you, they let you solve that shit on the floor, which is what I want to see. I want to see two teams, Thug it out and see who's better. And and just I want hard, tough physical defense. I want guys up in each other's faces. I want Houston just to, to figure it out in the gutter against a team like Kansas. That's what I want. Um, I don't like when referees take that away from us in the tournament and call games of 40, 50 fouls. Don't want to see that. That could happen though. But that being said, like Tyrese Hunter and Max Haysmith are two very good guards. Tyrese Hunter was three for nine and Max Asmus was two of 14 and they had eight turnovers combined Six, uh, 14 points, eight turnovers and a combined five of 23 from the floor. There's a reason why that went well. Uh, you know, they, they just beat the hell out of them. They really did. And both has, this was, this was a, this game got loose um, pretty early in the second half. Felt like it was, it was over. I mean, you could argue, you can argue in the first half it felt like it was over. So what an effort from Houston, Texas never really had a chance. I just feel like not because they, they don't have a good team, whatever, but just the situation, the going on the road and they got a couple of good offensive possessions, but they had to work so hard for the good offense. And that's what Houston makes you do. They make you work so hard for the good offense. That defense is tremendous. And Houston didn't even shoot the ball. Well, from the free throw line, they were 62% of the day. So this could have been worse. This could have been a lot worse. Um, Houston is the class, of the big 12, and they are close to getting their 10th win. Uh, very much a one seed in my opinion right now in the NCAA tournament. Also, we had a Iowa state 82 Texas tech 74, man, the rough shooting for my guy, pop Isaacs continues eight points, two of 11 shooting five turnovers in the game. So this was not a game where Iowa state wowed you all the way around with the offense. Um, you know, from the three-point line, they get Kashawn Gilbert with a four for seven night, eight of 16 in total. He was 24, eight and five, a tremendous effort from him. They also had a really good night from their bench. Their bench adds 20 points. And juxtapose Iowa State getting 20 from their bench with Kansas getting like two from their bench. Look, man, I, neutral floor, I don't know. I mean, Iowa State barely beat KU uh, at home. But still, I think Iowa State's the second best team in this league. I think they've shown with their ability to score that they've got multiple outlets. You know, Momsilovich is a guy. Jones is a guy that can score. Taman Lipsy, obviously a guy. And Gilbert gets you 24. Like, you've got different outlets to score. And it does not feel like past Iowa State teams have always had that. But they are – It's it's been maybe statistically – I actually have to check the numbers on this. The home court advantage in terms of what – of terms of performance – I mean, it's been the best home court advantage maybe in the country this year. They have just pl they've played really good competition there, and they've smothered competition there. You know, they've played Texas Tech, who's a I think top thirty team in the country. You could say it pretty easily. Beat them by eight. TCU, top forty five, top forty team in the country. Beat them by twelve. Kansas, number seventeen in the country. Beat them by seven. K State, beat them by eleven. Oklahoma State, beat them by twenty four. Houston, beat them by four. You think about all these good teams that they've played. They beat Iowa by twenty five points, right? Their losses have come in neutral site games and they have come on the road. 
Iowa State is a well-oiled machine. They play great defense. They're getting guys like King to step up in big games. They get obviously a huge game from Gilbert. This is an outfit that knows their identity. They know they have different guys who can step up. Second best team in the league. I would take Houston over them right now. Let's say they're Houston light. I think they do present some problems, but I would take Houston's guards over Iowa State's guards. Momsilovich maybe is a four, but still he's a young guy. And, and I think I'll just take Houston's overall physicality level. Once again, I know Iowa State beat them 57-53, but we're talking neutral court here. Um, and, and now we're going to get Houston back at home tonight, 8 o'clock ESPN. We might solve some of that. But Iowa State, not just firmly in the Big 12 championship hunt, as it sits today, they are the number one team in the league. They do have that win over Houston already. So they are the number one team in the conference. Quick turnaround on Saturday to go on the road now and play in Big Monday. That's how it is in this league. But, hey, it's top 10 matchup here on a Saturday night or a Monday night, excuse me, which is great to see in this conference. Uh, we're going to shout out really quickly uh, the the effort from Oklahoma State taking out top 20 team. That just shows you life on the road in this conference. Oklahoma State beats BYU. They're 11-14 and 14 overall, 3-9 and nine in the league. Good to see. The other two big results I wanted to get to, TCU 75, K-State 72. So TCU is this weird team because I, I think because their home court advantage is not, as it's just, it's fine. It's not a top tier home court advantage in the Big 12. There is this kind of sensibility about them having to go on the road to get wins. And so I think that's shown up, right? They go and they beat Baylor. They lost to Cincinnati in overtime, but they should have won that game, if we're being quite honest. They lose by two against Kansas, a place they have won before. They won at Oklahoma State as well. They win at K-State here. So a team that will lose at home, but can lose on the road. Jameer Nelson Jr. hits that big three in the end of this game. But Micah Peavy is the big story for me. He was 26 points, got to the line 10 times. He had nine rebounds. And the fact that they have all these guys who step up, and, and once again, uh, Jameer Nelson Jr. was three of ten in this game. He hits the biggest shot. Three of ten also with the with, with three turnovers and four fouls. So it was not a particularly great game. But on a night where Emmanuel Miller was four of eleven, only gave you ten points. Uh, you know, only get eight minutes out of Ernest today, right? And Tennyson did not have a great night either, right? You get to the line thirty times, you make twenty one, good. But the effort from Micah Peavy, his quality of play, and also to Jameer Nelson Jr. just hitting that kind of corkscrew shot at the end of the game was huge. I saw Jamie Dixon's group on the bubble recently. They need to get away from the ninth. Like they, I mean, even if they're just a seven or, or a 10 or an 11, even maybe, I think they're going to be too, too good for that. But like they need to get away from a one seed in round two. They just need to get away from a one seed in the second round of the tournament because it feels like every single year they end up meeting one seeds and they end up losing or one or a two. Last season for this team, let's see, they played three seed Gonzaga lost by three, right? They played the year before, one seed Arizona lost by five in overtime a game. I thought they should have won, right? So they've had the run of these top level seeds. Like they need to get to that six, seven line if they can. You know, even, I mean, I guess they were six last year or whatever they were last year. Uh, I feel like they're 11 or a, um, let's see what they were in last season. They were a six last year. Uh, and you get the right three seed for them to play. Because I, I think this group is so old. They're so experienced. They've got guys like Avery Anderson coming over there, guys like Xavier Cork, Tennyson, Jameer Nelson Jr., Manuel Miller. Like this team is old. They've been through the wars. You just get the right spot in the tournament. And then for K State, the big problem for them is, man, you're, you're running out of opportunities. You're starting to run out of chances to get big wins. TCU is a tournament win that you could have gotten. You're now five and seven in the league. And for K State at 15 and 10 overall, 
You've now got back-to-back losses. They have, let's see, I mean, honestly, guys, they've lost six of their last seven, and they've lost a three-point game, a six-point game. They've won a five-point game in OT, lost a three-point game, a 20-point game, a 22-point game, an 11-point game. So, I mean, they have been close in some of these. They have at Texas tonight's huge game for them. It's a huge game for both teams, a huge game mostly for K-State. They have BYU and West Virginia at home. They have a chance to rack up two more top 25 wins at home against TC against uh, BYU rather in Iowa State. But this was a huge missed opportunity for Jerome Tang's team. I thought they'd win this game. It's a game they really needed to have, in my opinion. And now it's going to be an uphill climb to make the NCAA tournament. A team that put themselves in some really good uh, a really good spot this weekend was Cincinnati. They go on the road and they beat UCF a week after they have two teams at home that are top 10 teams come to them. So this has been their last stretch. They played number 15, Texas Tech. They won on the road. They played uh, Houston, number five at home, lost by five. And they played Iowa State, number 10, and lost by nine. They had to go on the road against UCF, and they got a 76-74 win. They have opportunities now against Oklahoma State at home. It's a big one. They have an opportunity at TCU. It's a big one. And at Houston, they also have K-State and West Virginia at home. So uh, they are at OU, at TCU, and at Houston the rest of the way. You need to pick up at least one of those. And you probably need to be perfect at home. If they are, let's just say they went out of the home. That's one, two, three home games left. That puts you at 19 wins. If you win one on the road, that puts you at 20 wins. And that would put you at 20 and 11. So 20 and 11, I think in the Big 12 Conference, that probably gets you in. Right now, Joe Lenardi has them as his, uh, they're in the first four out. He's got Gonzaga as his last four in. So everything's everything's touch and go, and I don't know if he's up at 216. Yeah, so we're three days uh, removed. So let's see what Jerry Palm has in his bracketology right now. But Cincinnati is the quintessential. They are the Big 12 bubble team this year. Uh, and let's see. So first four out from Jerry Palm right now, and this was updated as of 9 o'clock this morning. Jerry Palm right now, Cincinnati is his first team out. Colorado is his last team in. Let's see if we can go Mike DeCourcy, uh, see what Mike has on his. Mike DeCourcy does a great job with his bracketology as well. I think it's updated as of three days ago. So we'll see if he's got Cincinnati on here. Um, yeah, so he's got first four teams out, Cincinnati. Basically, everybody's first four in, last four out. It's Cincinnati and uh, or first four out last four in Cincinnati is right there. And basically everybody's group with that. This was a huge win. They started off fast. This game got tied, but they just kept hitting big shot after big shot. And they get this win. I think West Miller's done a great job there in year one, five and seven. No, it's not great, but they're fighting and scratching their clawing. They picked up some big wins and they're, they're not this excellent team, but they've got a little something in every single position. Uh, they got, they got some guys who can shoot. They've got some, they got some, you know, skilling has been really good. They got some forwards, uh, you know, like Newman, uh, uh, excuse me, Newman, Newman, and also, uh, uh, the big kid Aziz who's done a really good job for them as well. Uh, I, I think they just got a nice balanced team. Once again, not going to wow you with anything, but I think West Miller's team, they've, they've looked like a tournament team at, at this point in time. And finally, West Virginia goes to Baylor and gets a win. Uh, Scott Drew's team, eight and four, 19 and six overall, you know, the, the big, like they, their guards played great. I mean, none Walter and Dennis, uh, 23, 20, 23 and 18 for all of those guys. Also, they assisted 19 times on 30 made baskets. That is always really nice to see. And so a very good effort from them and also uh, kind of getting themselves into form. 
All right, so tonight's game, Iowa State and Houston. What does that symbolize in the Big 12? What does that show? Well, the two teams with national championships in the Big 12 conference in the last five seasons, it's the Kansas Jayhawks, it's the Baylor Bears. So you'd think from that standpoint, those two schools would be what you consider the class of the league. I think it's fair to say that, right? Baylor and, and Texas, or Baylor and Kansas rather, have been the class of the Big 12 in recent memory. And they still are towards the they still are towards the top, and both teams could win a national championship this year. That being said, the best teams in the league so far through 12 games, uh, you know, 12 now we're starting to get to you know 13, 14 games, it's been Houston and Iowa State. And if next year it, it you know, uh we had a group at Texas Tech that was the best team, one of the two best teams in the league, it wouldn't be surprising. If K-State and Jerome Tang turned a group that was one of the best two teams in the league, it wouldn't be surprising. This is where the depth is starting to show off. A new uh, Arizona could be up there as one of the two best teams. The fact that a newcomer is one of the two best teams, and Iowa State is an improving program that like Otzelberger has gotten the right quality of play. They've been good, but now it's almost like they've, they've reached a new level with the type of player they've got. Uh, the fact that these are the best teams in the league now is significant. It shows you the growth, like the league is growing because the investment all of these schools are putting into their basketball programs. And I'm saying Houston and Iowa State have put that in, but all the schools are are liable to 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 jump into the party because they're all investing in hoops. They're all investing in basketball. And look, I know football, say what you want, they're behind and we'll do the football thing tomorrow because we ran long on this today. But the fact we're getting big Monday and it's Houston and Iowa State and it's a top 10 game with a bullet, you know, and the fact that we're getting K-State and Texas at the same time too, Iowa State, Houston's your main event, shows you where the Big 12 is in basketball. Significant, in my opinion. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on uh, X slash Twitter at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Talk to you